Chapter Four of the Barbados Girl by Barbara Hoffman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. At the end of the week, Zebby came home according to appointment, and having paid her respects to her excellent lady, she ran upstairs and entered the apartment where the two young ladies were getting the tasks assigned them by Mrs. Harewood. When Matilda first beheld her, she had a great inclination to embrace her, for her heart bounded towards the only creature she had been acquainted with from her cradle but she suddenly checked herself and pretended to continue her reading but ellen spoke to her kindly though she told her that she was so situated as not to be able to chat at present zebby comprehended this and would have withdrawn but not to have a single word from her whom in her heart she still considered as her young mistress the faithful creature could not endure after waiting some minutes in vain she dropped a second humble curtsey and said how you do missy me very glad see you learn booky but me hopes you spare one look one wordy for poor zebby me go away one long weeky to nurse white man baby pretty as you missy yes said matilda reproachingly you went away and left me very willingly though it was to wait on a person you never saw before oh missy you no lovey me and poor white woman lovey me much you makey beer spit in my face she givey me tea gruel out of her own cup you calling me black beetle she calling me good girly good nursey good everything matilda gave a deep sigh she well remembered that it was on the very day of her outrage that zebby had quitted her and in her altered sense of justice she could not help seeing the truth of the poor negro's statement she looked up with an ingenuous sense of error depicted on her countenance and said i am sorry zebby that i used you so ill but i will never do it again the poor african was absolutely astonished for never had the voice of concession been heard from the lips of matilda before even to her own parents and the idea of her humility and kindness in this acknowledgment so deeply affected the faithful creature that after gazing at her in admiration for a moment she burst into tears and then clasping her hands she exclaimed in a broken manner oh tanky god tanky god pretty missy big good girlie at last her lovey her good mamma her pity poor negro her go upstair when her die oh me be so glad great god lovey my dear missy now matilda felt the tears suffuse her own eyes as the kind heart of her late faithful slave thus gave vent to its natural and devout emotions and she gave her hand to zebby who kissed it twenty times ellen was so delighted with this proof of good disposition in matilda and with the honest effusions of the poor negro that she could not forbear gratifying her own affectionate little heart by running to tell her dear mamma who truly rejoiced in every proof of matilda's amendment and doubted not but it would prove the forerunner of virtue in a child who appeared convinced of her faults and desirous of improving herself it was now near christmas and mrs harewood was inquiring for a boarding-school where she could place miss hanson she would have preferred to keep her at home and have a governess who might attend to the instructions necessary both for her and ellen but the bad temper and insolent airs of matilda had prevented this as mrs harewood could not bear the idea of subjecting an amiable young person whom she designed for that situation to be tormented with such a girl she knew that in schools two faults seldom fail to be cured these are impertinence or insolence 
and affectation one rendering a person disagreeable the other ridiculous and every member in the community of which a school consists is ready to assist the ruler in punishing the one and laughing at the other one morning when matilda got out of bed she went to look whether the morning was fine and the moment she got to the window eagerly cried out in great surprise ellen ellen get up this moment and come to the window the whole world is covered with white and see there are thousands and thousands of little white feathers coming from the skies as if the angels were emptying feather beds upon the earth it snows said ellen calmly i recollect my papa told us you had never seen it snow what is snow we will ask edmund he can tell you much better than i can the surprising appearance thus witnessed induced matilda to hasten downstairs where edmund was writing his latin exercises do pray tell me she cried what snow is and why i never saw it before snow said edmund is nothing but drops of rain which in passing through the cold air become congealed or frozen if you take this pretty light substance into your warm hand it will melt and become a raindrop again as edmund spoke he opened the window a very little way caught some snow and showed her the effect he spoke of but why did i never see this in barbados because barbados lies nearer to the sun than england and is much warmer even in winter therefore the raindrops never pass through that region of cold air which freezes them in northern climates if you were to go further north you would find still more snow and ice the same i saw you looking at yesterday i will lend you a little book where you will see a description of a palace of ice and of whole mountains of snow called glaciers and if you please i will show you that part of the globe or earth in which those effects begin to take place but my dear ellen pray lend matilda your tippet for she looks as much frozen as the snow she must take great care of herself in this cold climate ellen threw the pinafore she was going to put on over the neck of the shuddering matilda and then ran nimbly before them towards the globe on which edmund was going to lecture neither of them looking in matilda's face but charles who just then happened to enter perceived that silent tears were coursing each other down her cheek his compassion was moved he apprehended that the cold which he felt himself to be severe had made her ill and he inquired what was the matter with her in a tone of real commiseration i am so so very ignorant said matilda sobbing oh that's it cried charles gaily then you and i may shake hands for i am ignorant too oh no european children know everything but i am little better than a negro i find what your mamma said was very true i know nothing at all dear matilda how can you say so said edmund though you have not read as much as we have yet you have seen a great deal more than any of us and you are the youngest of the company you know consider you have crossed the atlantic ocean seen groves of orange trees and spices grow and the whole process of sugar-making you know the inside of a ship as well as a house and we never saw anything better than a sloop or sailed anywhere but on the thames besides said charles you have seen monkeys and parrots and many other creatures in their own country and many curious fish on your voyage oh you understand natural history much better than we do and if you understand nothing at all added ellen kindly pressing her hand mamma says it is only wilful ignorance that is blamable 
matilda wept still more while the children thus tried to comfort her this distressed them all but they rejoiced to see their parents enter the room persuaded that they would be able to comfort her better and ellen instantly besought their attention to the subject by relating as much of the foregoing conversation as was necessary no no it is not exactly that i am crying for said matilda interrupting her it is because i have been so very naughty and you are all so 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 what my dear said mr harewood drawing her towards him and placing her by his side in the same manner he was accustomed to let ellen stand when she was much in his favour the action however kindly meant for a time redoubled her tears and the children understanding their mamma's look withdrew to the room where they usually breakfasted without the least symptom of discontent although they perceived their mamma fill a cup of tea for matilda at her own table when they were gone and the little girl had somewhat recovered mr harewood whispered her did you mean to say my dear that my children were so clever or so proud or so what oh sir they are so good that was what i wanted to say for there was edmund who always looked so grave and was poring over his books he talked to me quite kindly and never made the least game of me for all i must look like a fool in his eyes who has seen the snow all his life and then charles who is so full of fun and nonsense and who i always thought could not abide me he spoke to me as if he was sorry for me and made it out that we were both ignorant alike and when i remembered how i had looked at them and behaved to them i felt as if my heart would break ellen is always so good that i did not think so much of her kindness but nobody knows again the repentant girl wept and at length with difficulty proceeded nobody knows how dearly i love her and you too she received the kindest assurances from both mr and mrs harewood of their affection and that they fully believed she would conquer her bad temper now she saw how much it was not only her duty but happiness to do so and mr harewood assured her that he had no doubt but in the course of a few years he should see her as sensible good and well informed as his own children and then i shall not be an object of pity sir no you will be one of affection and esteem oh i doubt that must never never be never despair though you have many battles with yourself yet never relinquish the hope of final conquest and be assured you will find every victory easier than the last when you find pride rising in your heart think on your ignorance and it will make you humble and when you are inclined to be angry with those around you remember what you have this day confessed respecting their kindness and it will make you bear with the present vexation and if at any time you are discomfited in any pursuit either of virtue or knowledge recollect what i now say that with many faults yet you have some merit and may therefore reasonably hope to attain more have i indeed said the now humbled girl yes you have an inquiring mind which is one great step towards the attainment of knowledge and you are sincere and open-hearted which enables your friends to see what is the real bent of your disposition and to give you the advice really necessary and i hope with this groundwork of good you will be a very different girl when your mother again sees you mr harewood left matilda quieted but deeply impressed by what he had said End of chapter 4